720 WGN 833. Mark Carmen, Kevin Powell. Teddy Greenstein has covered college football and everything else for the Chicago Tribune, I think since the Tribune was invented, um, at Teddy Greenstein on Twitter. And Teddy and I played tennis yesterday. Teddy organizes tennis. He gets people together. He's got a whole text chain, like literally. <laughs> and I jumped in yesterday, and we did this. Kevin, it was so it was so terrible. We did this rotation, like you know, we would play to ten points. There wasn't any serving. We were just you know having a, a rally. You play to ten, and then you would rotate. And we were out there for a little over an hour, and we played seven different rounds. And I went oh. For seven, and like and nobody would say, uh, nobody would say anything right, and then I'd be like, "That's over five, over six in the." <laughs> so how do you match up with Teddy's game? Because Teddy, I know every time I do this show with Carm, he's got tennis news for me. So one on one, in under normal circumstances, who's winning, Teddy or at the Carm? It's it's a battle, man. I'll, I'll let Teddy answer. Yeah, you know, I'm more of a doubles guy now that like Carm has said I've worked at the Tribune for 53 years or something. I guess I mean actually like Sully has been there 10 years longer than me, but somehow I am uh, about 87 years old. So I'm more of a doubles guy. And Carm, man, you said nobody was reminding you, but I think I was reminding you every with every loss. I was like holding up signs: five, oh six. Will you ever win? And then we just finally got bored, and you know we had to call it. Right, and at the start, just for the record, like I was sitting there, like I've lost the first three, and I didn't say anything. And the test like, well, haven't you lost the first three? Garvey, <laughs> Garvey, you got an offer. I'm like, yes. And then, and then I had to name it before anybody else did, just to, to you know. Teddy, how's the golf game though? I know you're a big golf junkie, just like myself. You've been getting out. Well, yeah, but I, I, I got to get in one more dig. Like, yeah. Carm told me, you know, has some people, he's like, oh, I haven't been playing much. He's like, yeah, I've been playing basically every day. And um, <laughs> yesterday, I think the, car, the quote from Carm was, I felt like I figured out this game. I figured out I'd mastered tennis. And then he went 0 for 7 in our group. Right. So, uh, <laughs> I wish I was there enjoyable. to watch this. Yeah, it was good. So, I mean, we're out there at Waveland where um, it's great. We no longer have to, like, jump a fence or we never, don't longer have to, like, Cut through uh, a hog tie to play tennis in the city. This has been uh, this has been a great stretch in the last couple of weeks. We can actually find some courts. And talking about golf, played out there at uh, good old Robert A. Black this morning. Good little Muni up there at uh, you know about seven thousand north on a ridge. So um, man, it's great to see our city back to uh, almost normal. Did you golf this weekend there, KP, before we get into some college football, Teddy? I did not this have weekend. Played, I got you, a couple rounds in last weekend. I've gone out, I don't know, five or six times since you, they, they reopened. Have you played Robert Black? Can you join in that combo? I have not, though. I, though I'm looking at Teddy's <laughs> the Twitter account, and he gave a little good a good description. Uh, 25 bucks to walk, that's a steal. Might have to work that in this summer. Exactly. exactly. 25 bucks to walk. I was playing with my 12-year-old daughter who's new to the game, a, a buddy uh-huh. um, of her. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was uh, it's a good spot, and our boy, uh, our boy Keon, who took me for some money today. Um, but that's a good spot. I would tell people like Waveland. I always think of as good, but it can be you know three and a half hours to play nine holes if you play at the wrong spot. But Robert A. Black, kind of sneaky, only three thousand yards or whatever. So it's a good ego boost. You go out there and shoot thirty eight or thirty nine. Um, so uh, yeah, big fan of that place. And good to get the the young child going. You're gonna have a little success out there, maybe. No. 
Well, yes and no. I mean, I look at golf, like, as, as I tell her, I'm like, L, I've been playing for 25 years, and I still have no bleeping idea what I'm doing half the time. I look down, it's a 60-yard shot, and I'm like, eh, ball back to the stands, front of the stands. I'm like, which way am I leaning? I've only been doing this for 25 years, and I still feel absolutely clueless out there sometimes. Endless pursuit, the game of golf. That's why we're all addicted I, to it. I, I've never learned how to line up a golf shot, and I don't... <laughs> I'm pretty certain I never will. All right, let, let's let's take a look at what's going on with uh, with college football here. Teddy, let me read you what uh, the, the Big 12 commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, said. Quote, we're, we'll, he's confident that they'll play football games. And then he goes on, I think we'll have a football season, but I think we'll have interruptions. I've always thought that. We have no. to, I mean, we have to first and foremost safeguard our student athletes and our students on campus. Like, okay, so now he's, now, now you get commissioners saying that, yeah, we're going to start, but then something's going to happen and then we're going to come back. I, what, what's your sense of at least where we're at right now? It was a very rough week for uh, college football. Um, you know, I tweeted something out midweek that I had spoken to somebody higher up who said uh, he thought it was 50-50 at best that college football is played. And on some days he thinks it's 30-70 and it's just a Herculean task just to get, you know, healthy players on the field. And then, you know, we've heard these these really brutal numbers at the University of Texas and LSU and different places where there is so much COVID. And obviously, you know, with, with the NBA, you can just quarantine a bunch of teams and put them in this bubble at Disney. And maybe you can do that with the NFL because it's their livelihood. I mean, if, they, if there are no games, they're not, not getting paid. But I don't know how you can do it with college football players. You can't tell these guys, hey, you can't, you know, go to a classroom or, or, or a dorm room or socialize for however long a period they're going to play. So it's going to be really tough. I mean, I think it I kind of think best case now, maybe they do like a 10 games and 10 weeks deal because, you know, if they start saying, oh, we got the bye week and then come back after Thanksgiving, I think that's really pushing their luck. And also, what if a campus doesn't even have students on it? And then, you know, you can then you can make the case, well, then they're quarantined alone on the campus. But then we get to the whole conversation of what are we doing? We're asking these college athletes who aren't getting paid. That's a whole nother conversation. And you're going to broadcast it on TV to millions of people. It's essentially pro sports then without paying the play. It's just the whole thing would just be bizarre. And there would be some serious question marks around why you're even playing the games if campus is shut down. Yeah, Kevin, I mean, I think almost all the schools, the vast majority, are going to have, like, on-campus learning. I know we heard early on that the California University system was not going to, but I think there's just such a financial driver here that these schools need parents or whoever else to write the tuition checks, so they're going to say that there's at least some on-campus learning. I think what Stanford is doing is saying, you know, one quarter at home and two quarters on campus, so that way everybody can live in a single you know, and it's just, like, less populated. So, yeah, I mean, that came up certainly early on. There was that debate. If it's virtual learning, you have a football team. Uh, at that point, the Big 12 Commissioner Bowlesby said yes. Uh, other folks have, you know, said maybe not. Uh, Kevin Warren of the Big Ten has really played it close to the vest. He just kind of keeps saying, hey, we're going to learn more. You know, we're open-minded to everything. Like, what if Rutgers doesn't want to play, but the other 13 do? So there's still so much to be determined here. What do you think about the UCLA story where the student athletes like, uh, yeah, we'll come back to school and we'll participate in whatever workouts you want, but we want a third party 
to be watching over what's going on so the actual best practices are being enforced and we're put in as little bit of danger as possible? I mean, I, could that become a thing across all of college athletics that a third party is going to observe what's going on? Well, I mean, you've seen all these flare-ups, Carm, um, different schools, and what they do reflect is that uh, you know there's a schism between a lot of these coaches and players. And uh, Chip Kelly is not surprised that there'd be one at UCLA. You know, he's got a pro mindset. Um, you know, I think he sees the kids more as X's and O's than than they are as students. Uh, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. You know, who's just just stupefyingly ignorant on so many things. Uh, you saw Chubba Hubbard come out and, uh, and and really question him. And a lot of other places, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see that at Northwestern because, like, Fitz is a guy who he has uh, a counsel. I mean, he has student reps who, who come to him whenever there's a problem. So, so students have a voice in the program. It's at these programs where, you know, you've got this king, you've got this monarch at the top, and you feel like he's not going to be listening to you where you feel like you have to, you know, take these other avenues. And, and the other avenues now are go on social media and talk about it. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the case at most places. Most of these head coaches are smart enough to be listening to their kids. Yeah. Hey, Mike Gundy, you're you're fired. You're 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 out. That whole situation but, looked like a hostage video. It was just very uncomfortable. Go so, ahead, but but back yeah. to North, Northwestern. I, I talked to one of my Wildcat friends slash season ticket holders today, and Northwestern sending out. And I, I'm I don't know if you're aware of this, Teddy. You probably are. But they they sent out a letter to all the season ticket holders. Like, here are the options. One, we will have a full stadium. Yeah. Uh, so Northwestern is like still holding out hope that there's going to be fans. They're not banking on it, but that's the letter that they're sending out to season ticket holders. I mean, what's your what's your sense about what's going on with the Wildcats? I mean, I know they did a survey, and Paul Kennedy said he he sent it out to the media and said, "Hey, you guys are welcome to to fill this out as well," because um, I guess we would possibly be in the press box for for some of these games, and it was sort of like, "Would you be comfortable with you know various scenarios?" And what's the most important thing to you? Like, can you live without the tailgating? Can you live without um, Wildcat Alley? So, so if we're talking about the same thing, that's what it was. Um, yeah, I mean, I, sure, they'd love to have some fans. I mean, I just read that. Um, a soccer league in France is going to have maybe 5,000 at a game. But really, right now, they're they're not focused on that. I mean, they've got all these kids who are coming back to campus, and um, a lot of them are testing positive, and then they've got to get them isolated. And, you know, look, they're not worried about so much the football element. They're worried about kids are going to be kids, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. I mean, they're going to be with other students who are not being tested every day and they're going to get infected and then it's going to, you know, probably go through the team. So I know the other, certainly know the other argument. I've said it many times. These are, you know, strong, healthy kids. It's a very, very, very low mortality rate at that age. And I think it's worth a shot. But if anybody thinks it's, oh, it's guaranteed they're going to play college football, I think they're nuts. Um, I mean, there's a lot of scenarios that could be played out here, so I'm just going to kind of think out loud, but is there any chance, because look, I I know people that want college football, they immediately go to like the Ohio States and the Michigans and Notre Dames and Alabama and those schools which are on just a completely different playing field. I mean, the NFL, you have 32 teams that are, for the most part, on the same playing field. You have the world's best. Like, with all due respect to Toledo, do we need a Toledo football season this year? I understand, like, Ohio State's on a whole different level. Like, there's different money involved with all that, but there is there any shot that... 
Can't like, believe you just hit Toledo but like I, that. With all due respect to Toledo, you get the point I'm trying to get across. As long as Akron plays, I think we're fine. Yeah, right. But like, is there a chance because there there's a shot? Let's just say a certain college football program said we're not. It's not worth it for our, our student athletes. That you could. Like, what are the schedules going to look like? Could you see more interconference play between, like, yes. SEC, big team? Yeah, okay. Yeah, all that's possible. I mean, look, I, I doubt the Ivy League's going to play. I mean, because they de-emphasize athletics compared to academics. And the, the SEC is going to do everything humanly possible to get on the field. Uh, and that's where it's going to be interesting among the Big Ten. Is it, you know, 0 or 14? Or what if two to three schools say we don't want to do this? Then what happens? That's what James Franklin of Penn State had suggested, that not all – 14 need to be in on this um yeah i I think it's all possible at this point uh it's also possible that it's it's just the nfl and the nfl is going to play games on probably thursday and saturday and sunday and uh kind of dominate the landscape you know what if the sec says we're playing you know then if you're ohio state and michigan you want to be like well wait a second we're going to be a huge disadvantage here if they have football and we don't it's all up in the air right now, and, and they don't have to. They don't want to make these decisions until they absolutely have to, which is probably another four or five weeks away. Teddy Greenstein's Chicago Tribune with us for one uh, more moment here on seven twenty, WGN. Uh, all right, let, let, let's just wrap up with this. If, if you were advising, as I'm reading about the Buckeye pledge earlier today, I am an Ohio State Buckeye student-athlete, and I will do everything right here. If you're the commissioner of the Big Ten, Teddy, what, what would you be trying to, I don't know, t- tell your, your, your head coaches, your, your athletic departments to try to make this work? And, and maybe and another question is, like, does it make sense for the Big Ten or any conference just to play within your conference? Don't play non-conference games because you can maybe sort of try yeah. to control it that way? I, I don't know. I'm trying no, to definitely. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, look, like different conferences are going to have different standards. Like at the University of Houston, their athletes came back and they didn't even test them. They decided that they weren't going to. And then I guess they did because a bunch, you know, turned out to be positive for COVID. But no, I mean, at this point, I would actually be a little surprised if they go ahead with like a full on uh, schedule with the non-conference games. Um, Because I think, yeah, you can keep it more controlled um, when you know what all the Big Ten schools are doing. Uh, it's just less risky that way. You know, there's probably a little bit of less travel involved. I just think maybe a slimmed-down schedule is the answer, is the best hope. If you can play eight, nine, or ten games within the league, um, do it that way, and don't don't push your luck. Because, look, I mean, I think we're in the first wave right now, technically, and the second one could be even worse when it gets cold. And We've seen Dr. Fauci say baseball should end in September. So, um, yeah, it was it was a, a week of, of major concerns popping up. There's no doubt. When, when I put out yesterday, why not just play the season in, in January, February, and March when we know more time? He's like, all right, Carm, Carm. No. Yeah, that's not going to work, Carm. It's going to be cold. These guys want to go to the NFL, or at least some of them do. So I, I thought that was a great idea, like delay it, but then i now seeing that that's not going to happen. All right. Uh, we're nowhere, but hopefully we'll get somewhere. Teddy, thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate you being on. All right, Carm and Kevin. Take care, guys. See ya. See you, Teddy. He took me down on the tennis court. Next time like you guys dog play, I, I just want to come along. Yeah, you want to come by? As a spectator. Okay. All right. I can you, work on my tennis play-by-play skills. You're, you're welcome to come. Quick timeout, 720 WGN.